Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Peaceful Body Podcast. You are joined as always by Inez Bai. I am your host as well as a health and mindset coach. And today we have a juicy episode with a guest all around narcissism, toxic relationships, how to heal from that, spirituality and more. But before we get stuck into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to my free webinar that I'm hosting this Wednesday, the 24th of March at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. It's all about how to figure out your purpose because it's so much easier than we're led to believe and I'm going to be breaking it down and how to stop feeling overwhelmed so you can start taking action towards your goals your dreams and everything that you deserve to have in your life but you probably feel like oh it's not for me or how am I going to figure it out or you know I should be doing something that's more logical let me tell you everything that you desire is within you for a reason and this whole idea that we need to be doing things in a step-by-step way or in a specific process is just so outdated And this is some of the work that I do with my clients of realizing that there is no one right way. There is no box that we fit into. And when we let go of that idea, we feel so inspired and we can create a life that really aligns with us and plays to our strengths. So come and join the webinar. It's going to be all about that. I'm going to be breaking down every single thing that I normally only talk about in my paid programs. If you've joined my webinars before, you'll know that I really don't hold back at all. And this webinar is going to be even more juicy and amazing and it's free. So all you need to do is click the link in the bio, sign up, put your email address in. Even if you can't make it live, that's totally fine. I'm going to be sending a replay as well, but I would absolutely love if you come live because there are going to be some sneaky little treats for those that do show up on a Wednesday Eve and come and hang out with me. It's totally like, I know sometimes we feel a little bit nervous about rocking up to these things, but you can literally just turn up. You don't even have to put your camera on if you don't want to. You can just turn up, soak in all the information and just put yourself in a good position to learn the best that you possibly can, to learn the most that you possibly can. Um, Okay, so I'll leave the link in the show notes and then I want to introduce today's guest. Steph is a spiritual healer on a mission to help you heal yourself from toxic relationships and to connect to yourself. She is all about the spirituality and she has so many gems around, as I said, toxic relationships. So you're going to really enjoy this episode, especially if you have enjoyed some of my other other podcast episodes around attachment theory or relationships and having deep genuine connections and this one is more about narcissism which isn't a topic we've ever specifically spoken about so it will be really really interesting for us to all know enjoy if you do enjoy this episode i would love if you could screenshot share it to your stories and share it with your friends share it with whoever you think might benefit from it because it really helps to support the podcast or you can follow us on spotify subscribe to us on itunes so that you never miss an episode and it again, also really helps to support this podcast and help get the message out to further people. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this episode and we'll talk soon. One last little note before we get started on today's episode, I do just want to give a little trigger warning around topics of mental health, depression, suicide, that kind of thing. So if that makes you feel triggered, don't listen to this episode, go and hang out on one of my other podcast episodes or come and chat with me on Instagram as I love hearing from you. I love your feedback and everything like that. Sending you big love. Welcome to the Peaceful Body Podcast, Steph. How are you doing? It's your morning, my night. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm in Vienna right now. Yeah, so it's like 8.45 in the morning, Monday. But yeah, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling fresh and I'm looking forward to having this chat with you. 
Oh, well, you are looking very fresh. I love the feeling of just getting out of the shower and having like washed your hair and knowing it's a Monday morning and the world is really your oyster. So it's giving yeah. a fresh vibe as I'm like wrapping up my Monday evening. Um, set the scene for us. So you're in Vienna. It's 8.45. Tell us a little bit about like how your morning's been, how you're feeling and like how the week's looking for you. So I got up this morning at like like an hour before the, before we got on the call, I jumped in the shower and then I had a little dance because, you know, motion creates emotions. So I thought I'll just get myself ready for this call today. And uh, the rest of my day is actually going to be, I'm going to go and maybe go shopping for like one hour just to treat myself a little bit. Mondays are my day off. So they're usually the days where I get my, my stuff done and I might clean the apartment afterwards and then just have a coffee. I don't know. Just take it easy. <laughs> oh, I'm so about that. And I love having a little dance. It really helps to, to shift the energy and get us in a vibe. So here we are. And I can yeah. feel those vibes radiating off you. Um, (laughs) tell me about you tell me about all of the things tell me about what you're doing um and yeah I guess go from there okay so I grew up in Austria and I live in Vienna at the moment but I used to live in Australia as well where are you from in Australia I live in Sydney oh yeah so I used to live in Manly for Um, a while and I love it there. I'm going to move back one day. But um, yeah, now I'm sort of stuck here because of the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. And I, I've actually been working as a hairdresser and makeup artist for the last 13 years. But um, five years ago, I had like a major rock bottom moment. And I felt like I want to shift my, I want to shift my purpose. Like I want to actually start something that I feel is my purpose because hairdressing and doing makeup wasn't really aligning anymore. And so, yeah, I got a little bit more into the spiritual area and, and then I experienced something myself, which has been really important for my growth. And yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of like working more in the spiritual area now and working with people to heal from toxic relationships. It's like that's for the first time, I feel like that's something that really sets my soul on fire. And I, when I feel lazy and I get on a call with a client, I come off the call and I'm like extremely hyper and like ADHD charged and <laughs> I feel full of energy and yeah I I love doing it and it's it's so beautiful for me and it's it gives me so much I I'm not I'm not only able to help other people I'm also able to charge myself up and fill my cup by doing this work so yeah really enjoy it yay what an exciting time for you and I'm so excited to see you keep changing and I want to hear more about like the spiritual experiment experience that you kind of touched on but before I ask you that 
I think what is really um, inspiring about you and a, a, what a lot of people will relate to is you've obviously been a hairdresser and a makeup artist now for 13 years, right? That's a long chunk of your life. So I'm assuming at some point that was what lit your soul on fire or it did feel really exciting for you. And that's why you pursued it. But now you've come to this place where you're like, actually, I'm ready to change. I want to do something different. And I think what a lot of people do is that we have this like old kind of perspective on um our careers or what we're doing with work where we've probably seen our parents like I don't know about your parents but my parents they have worked the same job like my dad's worked the same job for like 30 years and he really values that and it's all about you know don't give up and keep working hard and keep moving forwards with that thing that you're doing but and and we have that conditioning within ourselves however we live in such a more dynamic different world where we actually can change tracks where we can give ourselves permission to do something totally different and honor the fact okay i could do hairdressing or whatever it might be and that did serve me really well and you're you're obviously really good at it and everything like that and I want to do something else that lights my soul on fire like what you said so how have you kind of navigated letting go of hairdressing and moving into something new have you felt sad about letting it go have you felt like has there been a little bit of confusion around that and how what would your advice be if someone's like thinking about figuring out their purpose and trying something new Mm. um for me it has been that I actually since I can remember since I was a child I said I want to do hair and makeup always I think it started like when I was six years old or something and then my parents would have told me that I should first finish school and I always said I want to do hair and makeup because I want to show people how beautiful they are and I think my soul had the right intention but my childhood brain didn't quite understand that you're not able to do that with doing hair and makeup there's more to to that if you want to show people how beautiful they are so yeah, I started doing this job and I actually, my parents didn't want me to just drop out of school and I just got myself a job interview when I was 15 without telling them. And then it was like one of the best salons in Vienna at the time. And I just went there and, and then they they said, oh yeah, you can have the job. And then I just told my parents and I was like, yeah, I got, I got a job now <laughs> so I can quit school. And I wasn't school. I, I wasn't good at school anyway. Like I, I never fitted into the conservative system of our school system. Eventually my parents saw that I have a mind of my own and they can't really <laughs> control me anymore. So I started working as a hairdresser at like, one of the best salons in Vienna, but also one of the shittiest places where you can work. Like mm-hmm. I've been bullied by the receptionist who was like 30 years older than me. And I had to work like 50 hours a week being 15 years old and had to take my lunch break in a basement somewhere sitting on towels in front of the washing machine without windows in there. It was literally like, like, a basement where you hide if there's a war or something like it was so fucked up but I went and did it and I I finished my apprenticeship there and then I after, yeah after that I went to Germany for a year to go to a makeup artist school which was amazing I was really having a free life when I was there because I was basically only going to school but not having to work so that was amazing. And 
then yeah I've just been doing that for a while um doing it in Vienna and then I used to live in Singapore for a while doing that and then I used to live back in Vienna and then in Australia and I before I went to Australia I was on a traveling trip through Southeast Asia and I realized a lot of the things that I didn't want anymore and a lot of the things that I have been labeled as but I actually wasn't so I because nobody knew me and I was traveling solo I had a chance to really discover who is it when nobody's near that knows me or that sees me as a person that I have to reflect in order to um, reflect that image and And then I went to Australia working as a hairdresser and I remember already cutting down my hours because it just didn't light me up anymore. And like for most of the time of my job, I think I was, I was working towards a goal and I reached that. And then I still didn't feel fulfilled. I still didn't feel like my soul was on fire. Like I always thought it was something that I wanted to do, but in fact, it was just working towards a goal, still not feeling it, working even harder, still not feeling it. So I was constantly draining myself with this job. And then there was another feeling where I, a lot of the times in the job, you get the feeling that you are the servant of others and they treat you as such. Like not everyone, of course, but a lot of people treat you in a way that communicates to you as a hairdresser I pay you you have to do anything that I'm asking you to do and that's just so I don't know like for me it's just not aligning because even though I'm offering a service doesn't mean that I'm your slave you know what I mean I still have my own my own beliefs and And also in this job, you can never share your beliefs because if you have a different opinion, then your client is like upset about it. And then you can't speak your truth, which then leads to, for example, for me, it leads to um, physical uh, manifestation. So I will get a really bloated stomach. And for a long time, I didn't know where that was coming from. And just after I needed like a two months lockdown, in order to see that my stomach usually isn't bloated and I can pretty much eat what I want without getting it bloated. And then I needed a week back at work and a day back at work to have a bloated belly like I was pregnant, like six months pregnant. And I realized that on that day, I had to hold back my truth with pretty much every client because right now every conversation is about... um, about COVID, about the vaccines, and everyone has really strong opinions on it. But as soon as your opinion is a little bit different from theirs, you automatically get judged into conspiracy theories or whatever. And you're not able to like really speak your truth anymore. At this point, I feel like it's constantly you have to, you have to have the opinion of everyone else in order to be accepted. And so I couldn't speak my truth in a lot of the conversations back at work after the lockdown. And then my, I got home and my stomach was so stretched from being bloated. That was 
it was so painful and I was like why I haven't really eaten today because I didn't really have the time why do I feel bloated I haven't felt like that for like two months and then I realized it was because I'm back at work and I had to I had to swallow so many of my words and my thoughts that it's just like words and thoughts in my stomach right now and it fills up my entire stomach to the point where it's so bloated that it hurts and it made me realize that it's not about the food that I'm eating it's about the words that I have to swallow and that was just another moment where I realized okay I really have to get out of this job because it does not align with me at all anymore and I don't want to go to work every day, waking up thinking, oh, fuck, here we go again, another day, you know what I mean? I want to wake up and do something that allows me to have a morning ritual and allows me to be have a lifestyle that I want to have and be more free because as a hairdresser, I go to work at 9.30 and I get home at 7.30 and before so when you get home at 7 30 you need at least two hours to really like settle back in because you had to talk the whole day you had to um I don't know you had to um respond to opinions that you don't respond to every day like all day and you are faced with a lot of stress and a busy time schedule and a lot of people a lot of noise a lot of physical um pain with like back pain and stuff like that and then you just come home and you need two or three hours to really calm down after that because it's always like a madhouse in there there's like blow dryers there's music there's people talking several people talking sometimes there's a dog barking sometimes there's a child screaming you know what I mean it's just a lot every day and then I I usually can't sleep until 12 o'clock and I'm I need a lot of sleep so I sleep until eight o'clock in the morning or maybe a quarter past eight And then I get up and I have like maybe time for a little dance to wake up, but then I have to get ready. So basically throughout the whole day, throughout the whole week, I have no time for myself. I have no time for my rituals. And all I do is just serve others, but I never serve myself. And that's why I, it didn't really take me a lot, to be honest. It didn't really take me a lot of, um, being scared or getting out of my comfort zone to make this step to say I'm quitting this job forever because there was just so much adding up and then you get paid like the money that you get paid it's ridiculous like I get after working 15 years as a hairdresser working 40 hours a week I get 1400 euro which is like I don't know an Australian dollar a month not a week, a month. Um, in Australian dollar, I think that's like mm, 1,800 or something like that. Um, so it's not a lot of money considering the rent that you pay here in Vienna as well. And every day I just thought to myself, I'm doing this shitty job serving other people, being a slave to other people. They don't appreciate the work that I do because they pay for it. So they just think that it's, um, yeah, I have to do it. 
and and then I get home and I don't even get a lot of money for it and yeah I do get commission but especially this year because most of the year we had a lockdown I wasn't even getting that so I was getting the minimum of my wage and it was just I was just going to work every day thinking I hate this job Mm. (laughs) so I think once you get to that point it's quite easy if if the pain levels are high enough it's quite easy to shed the skin you know what I mean Definitely. Yeah. And it sounds like from the outside, such a glamorous job to be a hairdresser and a makeup artist. And it feels like exciting, but like, yeah, I've heard that a lot that it is underpaid and it's really long hours and you're often working on the weekends and, and you know what, that would be one thing if you were really passionate about it, you'd probably want to go for it. But there was obviously something in your heart that was like, this isn't what you're meant for. This isn't like, because when you're really passionate about something, you can find a lot of energy for it and keep going with it, which of course you already did for like 13 years. And now it's time for you to do something different. And that's a really important thing for us to just honor as well of like, yeah, okay, like this worked for me for a while and now I'm going to change. And do something different and like I can really relate to what you're saying in terms of when I I used to work as a personal trainer for like five years and you're literally standing all day and I loved it and for a while because I'm really into fitness and I love you know talking to people but there comes a point where you're just like talking to people all day and you're taking in all of their opinions and you want to make the experience good for them I guess to a point but so you don't really say anything that might be opposite to them and it does stop you from speaking your truth and you know when you're a personal trainer or a hairdresser or whatever it might be you almost feel like you have to fit yourself into a certain box so like you shouldn't be dancing there or you shouldn't be doing this you have to be professional and whatever that might be and of course we can look for ways to be more authentic in those situations or it's like okay well and you know it's like that saying of um, when a flower doesn't bloom you don't change a flower you change the environment that it blooms in and sometimes you the environment that you're in just isn't allowing for you to bloom anymore so let's talk about um, your like spiritual experience you kind of mentioned something about that before did that happen when you were in Southeast Asia or did that happen before Um, before that um I also have to say that was a really beautiful saying with the flower I love that yeah and I also have to mention that um although my job I hate it I also have to say that I have a lot of gratitude for it for having taught me so much Mm. so with letting go also it's important I think to practice gratitude and I'm still catching myself not doing that enough because it has taught me a lot but it's time to let it go in gratitude but yeah to get back to your question I just wanted to add that because I think it's important for people to realize that you are only able to let go if you also are able to be gratitude uh, grateful towards it um so yeah Your question, what was it? Spiritual experience. So I actually had my uh, first spiritual experience when I had, so I had a breakup almost five years ago and I was really mentally in a bad place and I was really depressed and Um, I was suicidal and then I went to a therapist which was recommended to me by my actual 
boss um, that I work for as a hairdresser. And we've been, we've been knowing each other for 13 years. So we're really close friends as well. And he knew that I was in a really bad shape mentally. And so he recommended me someone. And this woman is a psychotherapist, but at the same time, she used to live 12 years with the shamans. Mm. And she went through several rebirthing rituals where they would sort of isolate her and then she would be buried under the under the soil or ground. Um, and and then she would be there for like under under the earth for like nine or twelve hours, and then they would eventually bring her back up. But um, she's really so scary. I know, but that's what they do in like if you become like some sort of shaman, they do that with you in order to practice some sort of rebirth ritual, um, and they sort of they. They let your nose out so you can still breathe through your nose, but it's really to control your ego and break your ego as well and be mm. able to really control your thoughts and everything. It's like a really intense experience. And yeah, so she did that and she's still um, a lot in contact with different shamans and she always goes there, I think, each year. And so I went there and it wasn't obviously just a normal um psychotherapy session it wasn't just normal counseling um she she invited me after like a one-on-one session to do a family constellation which is do you not have you heard about it so that's um it's it's a group therapy session where you have about seven to eight people in the group and then um you have let's say you have one specific problem so in front of those seven to eight people you're going to tell them what's your problem and then the lady who guides everything which is Heidi the one that I just told you about she she would ask you okay what do you want to have as an outcome from this session today and then you just tell them what you want and then um, the guide is telling you specific people in your environment to choose um, and choose someone from the group to play those roles and there's um, there's some sort of phenomenon when it comes to that and it's scientifically proven that when you take on in those role plays when you take on a role of someone that you don't even know and you've never met that person you're able to connect with their um, quantum field and actually feel their emotions so you playing the role let's say for example I would have to bring in someone who plays my mother and my father so someone would play my mother someone would play my father and then that person would actually be able to feel the feelings that my father feels and my mother feels and then you're able to look into situations in the family and the guide keeps asking the role players how do you feel why do you feel like that and they just openly answer the questions and they let all the emotions come out and then you're able to find the root cause of pretty much every problem that you have and it's really interesting because what you do is you clear family patterns and ancestry trauma so you you're able to go back in your ancestry line and see 
okay, what has happened with my great great grandmother that has caused every mother in her lineage to be like that? You know what I mean? And you're not only healing it for yourself and your ancestors, you're also healing it for all the following generations. And um, yeah, it's a really beautiful practice. And, and I did several with her, but the first one I did was after the breakup. And she's, she's like highly spiritual. She's like some sort of guru to me. And um, in that session, she said to me, Steph, you have a highly spiritual gift and you should start working with it. And it took me five years <laughs> to understand what she meant. And it took me several appointments where I walked up to her and I'm like, what should I do? I don't know what to do. Um, I don't know where to start. I don't even know what to do, like what area of spirituality. And she would always tell me, you just have to fix yourself first. And then if I have done that, she would tell me, now you have to learn to respect others, others people growth. And you, and then I would do that. And then she, I would come back to her and then she would tell me, now you have to trust them that they are able to heal it themselves. And then I'll be like, fucking hell, when does it ever stop? And um, yeah, I'm, I think it never stops. I came to the con conclusion that it never stops, but I'm uh, at least at the point where I know what's my niche and I know what um, what area it is that I, I I resonate with and yeah so that's that's how I got into the spiritual and mindfulness lifestyle I think because a lot of people see it as spirituality which is some sort of like belief or religion or whatever but I don't see it as a belief nor uh, a religion I see it as a lifestyle a mindset that you have because it's not something for me it's not something it's there if you believe in it and it's not there if you don't believe it in it for me it's something that's just effect it's just there and it's just like basically everything that that's involved with our existence and so for me it's not a belief or a question is it is it not it's just a fact it's just a mindset and a lifestyle and if you're able to integrate it and become more aware you're able to open even more doors and be aware of even more things and learn even more and grow even more mm, wow I love that that's so interesting I've never heard of the um what's it called the family group session or whatever family constellation family Constellation. Yeah. I've not heard of that before, but that sounds really interesting. And like, I can imagine that that would help you too. Cause sometimes, you know, you remember things in your head, but obviously you can't necessarily know how other people are feeling in that moment. Cause you're so overwhelmed with the way that you're feeling. And that can be like, so helpful to figure out like where your self-limiting beliefs have come from or why you feel the way that you feel. And you're so right. Like the healing journey, there's always more things to learn or there's, you know, I, sometimes my clients say to me like, oh, like, you know, I feel like we spoke about this last week. Like, I feel bad speaking about it with you again. And I'm like, don't even worry. Like, you're going to speak to me about this over and over again and it's fine. Yeah. And sometimes we just have to learn the same lesson, like 
over and over again. And that's just part of it. And I agree with you in terms of spirituality. Like I would definitely class myself as a spiritual person. I believe that there's like a greater good. And I believe in manifestation as we've been doing our manifestation exercises as well, which has been awesome. And there's just too much that's happened in my own life in terms of like synchronicities and just the way things that have worked out that just give me the feeling of like, of course it, of course it's a thing, you know, of course it's a part of our world, whether or not you choose to believe it. It's like things are happening for you, whether you choose to open your eyes to it or not essentially. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about your breakup and kind of what you were saying that you are now working with helping others heal from their toxic relationships and when we were talking about having this podcast you mentioned to me that you kind of work with your clients around um letting go of narcissistic people and and that kind of thing which I'm really interested to hear about because I speak about on this podcast with my clients around relationships and making sure that we're creating really authentic and genuine connections and that often comes off the back of going through like a horrendous breakup. You know, it's, it's, we do hit rock bottom when we have those breakups or we lose someone or a friend does something to us and that can feel really heartbreaking, but that's part of life, isn't it? Like we're always going to experience heartbreak regardless of what we do. Even if we try to wrap ourselves in cotton wool and never put ourselves out there, we're still going to experience heartbreak because that's life and we're humans and we're designed to be able to, manage that and get through it. Um, and it's, and, and it is from those like negative experiences from other people that then sometimes, you know, not everyone chooses, okay, I'm going to heal from this. But sometimes when we do have these really toxic relationships, it makes us so uncomfortable and puts us in so much pain that we're like, all right, I've got to do something from this. So is that kind of how your situation um, came, you know, there's that kind of what happened with you from your breakup. And is that why you do the work that you do now? Mm, yeah. Um, so I think even throughout the relationship, I was getting more lost and more broken in my spirit um, with each day, pretty much. And then as I have exited the relationship, as it ended, um, I was really suicidal. And so there was only, and I have, friends in my circle who are depressed for like 10 years and there was only two ways for me and I saw do I want to become that person who's been depressed for 10 years and taking pres prescription pills and um, falling from one depend dependent pattern of being dependent to a person into being dependent dependent to a therapist or pills um, or am I going to try and get myself up now? And I'm not judging the other way because sometimes a lot of shit, shit happens and you don't have that spark of strength anymore in order to get up. Sometimes you just fall into that pattern and it's no one's fault. Um, but luckily, I still had a tiny spark of strength in me to say, no, I don't want that. I'm going to pick myself up now. I'm going to go to therapy and I'm going to get my shit sorted because something's really wrong with me and I need to figure out what it is. And um, yeah, I think I was lucky to have that spark of strength and I was lucky to have people in my environment which have been a great support system because they were the ones who told me, you need to go to therapy. Otherwise, I would have probably 
not even thought about it. They were the ones who told me this is going to help you. Otherwise, I would have probably tried to do it on my own. And then I would have ended up in the second way, you know what I mean? Where I would have gotten to a point where I wasn't able to pick myself up anymore. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I think the issue that I have faced, that, that breakup or that relationship that I have faced is something that a lot of people face, but hardly anyone speaks about it. And um, I feel like by approaching things, an event that might have caused PTSD, by approaching it with spiritual techniques and techniques to shift the mindset and mindset into um, techniques that really help you to apply something into your daily life that's going to improve your growth and your healing, you're able to help a lot of people who would have been prescribed pills if they went to a normal conservative therapist you know what I mean a lot of the people I think who have fallen into the habit of taking um having to take pills are taking them because they they have been taught to and they have this label on their forehead and they think it's just what they have to do when in fact if someone would have approached it differently at the start they would have maybe had the chance to walk the different path, you know what I mean? The one that I walked. And that's why I think it's so important. And um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot, I think pretty much nobody, nobody in your friend or you, I think you won't have anyone in your friend circle that hasn't experienced a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem with that is that toxic relationships are pretty much everything that's making you feel bad. And it's never really identified what is causing it to be toxic. And if you see um, statistics of how many narcissistic people are out there, you're going to be shocked because it's a lot I don't remember the exact number because it's been a while since I looked at it but I know that it was a really high number and I think that a lot of people don't realize that the toxic relationship wasn't in fact just toxic it might have been narcissistic and narcissism is a personality disorder which causes emotional abuse and emotional abuse is something that's so fucking dangerous because it really brainwashes you it manipulates you it manipulates you into thinking that you're only worth living if you have that abuser on your side which then causes you to get suicidal if you lose that person and it's actually proven that um narcissistic abusing um, abuse victims are twice as high to commit suicide as any other abuse victim so as any other abuse victim sexual abuse physical abuse any sort of abuse is not as highly um how do you say it? Um, risk or? It's not. 
yeah, it's not as uh, as much as at risk as someone who has experienced narcissistic abuse. And with narcissistic abuse, because it's emotional abuse, I what I like to call it, it's invisible abuse. Mm. Because if it's physical abuse or sexual abuse, and that usually comes with emotional abuse as well. So I don't want to make it sound like it's less bad. But the fact with physical and sexual abuse is eventually, or especially physical abuse, eventually the outside world is going to see at some point that something is wrong. And eventually you are going to see at some point Mm -hmm. that something is wrong. Even though you might have been taught to think that you provoked it, your subconscious is still going to understand that those bruises are not normal. You know what I mean? But with emotional abuse, you don't realize what's happening. You're piece by piece. You get a seed planted by the narcissist in your core to make you the person that they want you to become and to make you the person that they can control in every situation. And so you have this, all those seeds planted, and then eventually you don't even know what was there before the seeds were planted there. And you don't, because it's always just tiny little seeds, you don't realize that that is just another seed to your manipulation, to your brainwash. And, and then you come out of it and you're so brainwashed and so manipulated that you don't even identify it as abuse. You don't even realize that you have been a victim of emotional abuse. You have been a victim of abuse. And um, so that's why it's really dangerous because a lot of the people come out of the relationship thinking that, oh, maybe that person wasn't so bad. Maybe it was really me causing him to cheat, causing me... Uh, causing that person not just him can be a woman as well but maybe it was me provoking their behavior and so you still have that voice in your head afterwards if you don't identify it as the abuse that it was you still have that voice that still abuse you so your own voice is learning how to abuse you continuously even after the relationship ended and yeah that's just that's why it's so dangerous because it's literally it's like you get something planted in your head and it's going to control you for the rest of your life if you don't learn how to heal it and how to rip it out again Mm, yeah I mean it sounds incredibly insidious in the sense that like like what you're saying when you're in a relationship like that you you lose your sense of self and then you assume that it's your fault that the relationship happened or that that person treated you that way or they did things to you and so therefore you're so much less likely to go and get help because you blame yourself for it so I guess there's kind of a sense of shame of feeling like you're even worthy of help because you're like, I wouldn't even want to tell anyone that. So how, I guess for you, like, how did you let go of that blame and that shame? And how did you find your sense of self again? Mm, I think, well, it took me four years. Mm. It took me four years to really heal it, to start there, but not because it always takes four years. It was because I took, I didn't take the shortcut. I, Mm. I, sort of healed a lot from my childhood 
and then continuously healing stuff from that relationship and then something went back to childhood trauma so it was like jumping back and forth in my healing process um but um I I think the most important thing in order to start the foundation of your healing is educating yourself about narcissism to the point where you can no longer deny that you have been emotionally abused and that your ex-partner has been narcissistic. And it's, it's actually really easy to spot once you have educated yourself because it's always three stages and those three stages always keep repeating itself. So the narcissistic abuse is circular, which means once they have reached the final stage, they're going to start again with the first stage. And then eventually they, um, they start cheating and start that stage, the number one stage number one with the next person until they move on to the next stage and eventually drop you but if they drop you that's like your jackpot because a lot of narcissistic abuse victims are not able to leave themselves so if you if you get cheated on by the narcissist that's your free card that's your lottery that you won in order to be free that's the price you had to pay in order to be free Mm. Although I guess it probably doesn't feel like it in the moment because you you get very codependent on the person that you're meant to be in a relationship with, but is abusing you. So, okay. I'd love to hear from you. Like how, if someone's listening to this and they feel like they're in a toxic relationship, what are those three stages? Explain them to us so that we can spot it and we can get out of there ASAP. Yeah. Um, so the first stage is usually love bombing. Mm. which I think I don't have to explain it's pretty obvious so they will they will hook you in emotionally in order um to really to really get you a point where you wouldn't leave Mm. you're so emotionally hooked that you wouldn't leave so love bombing sort of does that because it always brings you back to thinking if you if you would be at the point where you think I want to leave this is not healthy anymore you would go back to the love bombing phase and think but it used to be like that and he used to be like this she used to be like this maybe we can go back to that maybe we Mm. can become that happy couple again so um yeah it's just the essential stage one which always helps the narcissist to kind of pull you back in um so love bombing is stage one stage two is the devaluing phase so they were they would start um saying little things that make you feel unworthy so it might be it's really tiny things because because they're so like small things you're not able to spot them but all the small things become really affecting for your insecurities and narcissists are actually they have a really high talent in sensing what your insecurities are because they need them in order to be able to push your buttons in every situation in order to be able to control you so devaluing would look like something like you getting dressed and they tell you oh like when was the last time you worked out and you're like why like last week and then we're like and you're like why and you and then they would say something like mm. Mm, yeah nah not nah, all good all good but there was a plea a sand um a seed planted you know what i mean um 
And then they would say things like in social situations, my ex-boyfriend used to do that a lot in social situations. If I said something and I was really outgoing at the start at, of the relationship or before the relationship, I used to say something in a group of people. And then eventually at some point when nobody notices, he would take me to the side and he would say, why did you just say that? And I would be like, what? And he would be like, that why did you just say that that makes you look so stupid and then you get really insecure and like why mm. why what did I say and then he would be like you know you said that and for people it sounds like this so he would change it around and then you would think fuck like this is how it sounds like I don't want to sound like that I didn't mean it like that and then he would say something like oh yeah like just so you know, I'm just telling you this because I so I care so much mm. that I don't want people to think that you're stupid. So there's like a lot of those things that sort of humiliate you um, in order to get you to a point um, where you just, you sort of get so afraid of speaking up in social situations and in general because you have been planted so many seeds that make you think you're stupid or you're unworthy, you're not good enough, you're constantly not good enough. Or like even planting seeds with other women. Oh, like, look at this girl, she's so hot. Or something like that. And putting you in comparison with others, which puts you automatically in competition with other women. And that ends up being really damaging to you because I think you may know that like the sisterhood we have as women is so important to support each other. And if you see every woman as your enemy at some point and as your competition, you start hitting yourself as well. And um, you start losing the connection to yourself as well. And yeah, so that's the second phase. And I have to mention as well with that, that, narcissists are not only really talented in spotting your insecurities they're also really talented in spotting what it is that people like so they're in social situations usually they're everybody's darling everybody loves them because they know exactly what the opposite wants to see so somebody likes a person who's really active who's really sporty then he would put on that mask and he would be really sporty if someone likes someone who has a lot of humor he would put on that mask in order to be really funny if someone likes this you know he always knows what they like shows up as that person and then becomes everybody's darling but behind closed doors they're really a monster um and then what happens in stage three if is the cliffhanging stage so they will, this is usually the stage as well where they start cheating because they become emotionally un unavailable. They are all of a sudden always busy. They're physically not there, emotionally not there. And they give you a lot more the silent treatment. And um, yeah, this is, this is the time where they usually, usually start cheating and if they're done with you, they're just going to drop you and move on with the next person and use the abuse cycle with the next person and usually get in a relationship with the person they cheated on with, um, cheated on you with. And if they aren't done, they're just going to start again because then 
in a cliffhanging phase, you usually get so frustrated that you remove yourself as well a little bit. You get sort of more annoyed about the fact that this person is never there and all of a sudden is always going out or always with their friends. So you get annoyed. And then as soon as you pull back a little bit, they pull you back in with the love bombing phase. Mm. So they start again with the love bombing phase and it's just repeating itself again and again and again. Yeah. And I can imagine like, it's so hard to get out of those situations, especially when this, and this happens in all kinds of abuse where that person makes you feel like they are the only one that can give you the love or they're the only one that accepts you or whatever so it feels like if you're going to leave them and this is what happens as human beings like I do a lot of work with my clients around the attachment theory and when you when you form an attachment with someone you fall in love with someone your brain does everything to make you not leave that person even if they're not healthy for you or even if you know that what they're doing to you is like a little bit like suspicious or whatever because you're like but if I leave this person then who will I talk to and everything will go bad and whatever but it's it's so important that you you know obviously talk to someone have a therapist or trust your gut as well which can be so hard to do when someone is essentially gaslighting you and manipulating you and telling you that what you're thinking and what you're feeling isn't true but if you have that niggle in your gut and you have that feeling like reach out to someone or educate yourself or listening to podcasts like obviously that's really really helpful and you're clearly a very good example for what you can do. Like obviously from that pain, hitting that rock bottom, feeling isolated, I imagine that gave you the ability to then go seek therapy, go find what your new purpose is going to be and heal from that. And not only heal from the relationship, but also heal from other things as a part of your childhood. So that's really interesting to know about that cycle. Cause I don't know much about that at all. So thank you so much for sharing Steph. Um, we'll wrap up now. Obviously I could feel like I could talk to you forever, but was there anything else that <laughs> you kind of wanted to to finish do you want to tell us like where to find you on social media and any other kind of like last little word of wisdom that you wanted to end on yeah um so I guess people know now what the symptoms are and if they if they feel like there might be a chance that they are in a narcissistic relationship I want to know everyone to not hesitate and get in touch with me if they feel like they need help and guidance sometimes you just need someone um, who helps you give a give you a recipe in order to cook the entire mm. meal and that's a lot how it works with healing and so yeah um, that's pretty much what I do I teach people how to um, use techniques in order to heal themselves which they can apply into their daily life in order to have a guarantee of continuous growth and um, actually launching um, the Linus method on the 30th of March, which is going to be all about that. It's an eight, eight weeks course where people are going to learn how to heal from narcissistic and emotional abuse and toxic relationships in general. And yeah, um, I'd be happy to see anyone who needs help with that. And I would be happy to help anyone who feels like they need help. And yeah, my my social media handles are pretty much everywhere, like TikTok and Instagram. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> are uh, Volkstoke, just Volkstoke. 
perfect and is that did I say that right with my accent I don't know yeah no, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes so it's really really easy I've, I'm following you so it's really easy for me to find you but yay that sounds awesome and I think your program is incredible I I also feel like you know we obviously have like modern and um I was like, not, I was not going to say modern, like conventional therapy is obviously really helpful. But what I've seen in my life time and time again is integrating some of these spiritual techniques and having a coach and looking at your relationships and your mindset and your life from a totally different angle can give you that new perspective that you needed and also just give you a sense of community and feeling a little bit normalized. Whereas I find therapy is so helpful and you, you know, you've obviously had a good um, experience. I've had good experiences, but it can be really clinical. And so that's why like a program like yours is so needed and so amazing. And I definitely recommend anyone that's listened to this to go and check out Steph's work because your energy, you just have a heart of gold. Your energy is so like fresh and fun and you're just so inspiring to be around. So I have no doubt that you're going to absolutely rock this new program. Thank you so much for coming on. You can see in my room, it's like literally pitch black because it's gone fully to darkness now. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good to talk to you and I hope maybe one day we'll do it again. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.